Well, if you're one to be known to fly off the handle, this probably is not a podcast for you to listen to, because we just might trigger you before this show is over today. Welcome to Kingdom Speak, Pastor Daniel McKillop. So mad! Breathe deep. Count to ten. Welcome back, everybody. Kingdom Speak is back. Smile. It's been it's been a week. It, 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 it has really that long. It, it just flies by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're smiling. That's good. Seems how we're going to be talking about anger issues today. I might lose it though. Yeah, yeah. I usually start the day with half of a patient. It's real close to leaving me right now. Is it? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, the more you talk, the worse I'm doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, this is going to be rough. This is going to be rough. You know, another emotion is being ecstatic. And you know who's ecstatic? People who listen to Kingdom Speak. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Oh, they're great. Yeah. I talk to them all the time. Oh, do you? Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. You guys do too. <laughs> <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's interesting about this is they don't talk to us very often. But when they do. Oh, Listen to this. Listen to this. When they do. This review is titled Premium Content. That's right. Which is They're stealing that yeah, from you. Yeah. This is the catchphrase, premium content, everyone. Yes. This is an incredible wealth of apostolic truth. I look forward to every Friday. I have not missed any of them and have listened to several of them more than once. Come world, on, somebody. A world-class podcast. Who's that from? Oh, Thank awesome. you. That is from Caitlin McLean. 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 Thank you, Caitlin. Thanks, Caitlin. Hey, that's awesome. We appreciate the feedback. Awesome. And we're pretty sure you weren't talking about producer Randy. Yes, we know it. We know it. <laughs> and we do really appreciate the feedback. You know, I was thinking about this this week. The majority of people that listen to us probably don't know us at least that well. And they probably think we hate each other. <laughs> we all come together once a week to record and then poof, we're gone. Yeah. Yeah. We actually do get along pretty good. Yeah. We have yeah. to work together. When These everybody's guys. when everybody's in their own corner. These guys are all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So thanks for the reviews. They really make a difference. They're sh- they're showing up every week in our feeds and uh it helps us beat the algorithms. Uh and it's great to hear from people. It's nice to know. Awesome. That. Nice to know that people are out there. Hey, we're getting some good traction with kingdomspeak.ca as well. That's right. Going good. So if you haven't joined us, hit kingdomspeak.ca, click the forum at the top and join us. So the goal with this is to just... Right. And the content there is not premium. It's exclusive. Exclusive. Oh, yeah. The premium is here. The exclusive is there. Yeah, that's right. Don't confuse that. Two very different things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Is it exclusively premium? I'm running out of hyperbole. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a great, it's a great um, forum, literally, for for mm-hmm. folks to be able to speak back to us. You can ask questions, follow up on episodes, yep. etc. And it's just a fun place to hang out. So, and we have a lot of our guests on there who produce content as well. So, it's absolutely really awesome. To- Speaking of guests, that's right. We are delighted 
to deny the border restrictions one more time and bring a guest from the other side of that iron curtain between us and the mm. United States, all the way from Dallas, Texas. It's a long way from home. The greater Dallas. I, I, we can dial it closer. Where's, where's is it? Is Irving. It Irving. Irving, okay. Texas. Irving, Texas. Pastor Ed Snyder is joining us today, and we are jazzed that he is here. Yes. Awesome. I am jazzed to be here. Awesome. I'm glad, although I'm not, I'm glad I'm not physically there because there's too much snow for me. Yeah, but we're we're losing that. You know, we're above freezing today. Oh yeah, we're beating that battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're starting the thaw. The last time, and it was like up to my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Pastor Wade Townley, pastors in Maine, originally yeah. from Texas, and oh, uh, when oh. he when he first came up here, what ten years ago? Nine years ago, 10 years ago, we had to introduce them to the finer instruments of life, like snow blowers, shovels, shovels, et cetera. He had, he had no idea. And he would run around saying erratic, Mm. unhinged things like (laughs) neck deep, neck deep. I want to see snow neck deep. He doesn't say that no more. Uh Yeah. He got over that. Yeah. I was actually born and raised in St. Louis, so I know I know about snow and ice no kidding. and nasty. That's why I live in Dallas. I'm thankful that God sent me to Dallas, and that's why I stay in Dallas, especially during the winter months. Wow! Did you get any? Did you get any taste of it a few weeks ago? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! And it was hilarious. It shut this place down, and it was just <laughs> four inches. It, Mm. not that big a national deal. emergency right mm-hmm. oh yeah for sure yeah, yeah. It, it literally shut everything down these <laughs> these these people i love these texans but they can't drive in the rain much less the snow wow so well we definitely saw footage of some some pileups that would would tend to confirm what yeah. you're saying <laughs> 100 uh what was that 100 and i don't know 19 or something pile oh. six deaths wow right over here in fort worth in between dallas and fort worth on yeah. the freeway. Yeah. yeah. So it's been since April that we started mm-hmm. doing podcast and out of this uh, little venture has emerged mm-hmm. uh, a number of great connections, um, relationships, networking, however you want to describe it. One of those is the guest that we have on with us today. He is uh, a fellow podcaster. He, there you go. Yeah. Can't you tell by his voice? When we were speaking on the phone, um, I let him know that I was struggling with coveting his voice. He mm-hmm. just has that podcasting voice, radio voice. So uh, True North Podcast, if you want to look it up, hit their podcast up. True North Podcast with Pastor Snyder. You have to make sure to include that. Um, he is also writing a book, and that's what we're going to talk about a bit is the subject matter that he's covering in that book. Um, but man, before we before we dive into that, 
why don't why don't you talk to us a little bit about the man behind the message? Well, again, thank you, Pastor McCullen, for having me here. I'm I'm excited about being here, telling our story. Uh, I listen. I'm a listener of of Kingdom Speak. Big fan. Heard of that? You guys. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what's the word, uh, Brother Derek, that we we use? Premium. Premium. Premium content. Or what? That's right. Premium content. Premium. Yeah, I'm listening to your premium content. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, yeah, uh, you know, uh, a little bit about me. I'm a fifth-generation Pentecostal, born and raised in St. Louis. My great-grandmother on my mother's side came into Pentecost way back in the day, raised my grandmother. Uh, of course, my grandmother raised my mother. Uh, my, my mother actually won my father to the Lord at 27 years old, so I'm a second generation on his side. Um, they, they grew up and was married by, uh, a preacher by the name of Walter Gwynn, uh, way back in the day, Whiteway Tabernacle in Old North St. Louis. Um, and then of course, um, my sister and I grew up in Pentecost. It's all we know. It's all we want to know. Uh, and then, um, I was raised actually my teenage years, my parents moved, uh, to Florissant, Missouri, which is a suburb of St. Louis. And I basically grew up under uh, Brother Guy Rome. Uh, I don't know if you know him or knew him. Heard of. And started the church from scratch. Uh, and and I, always, I always say lovingly, listening to the man preach was like eating raw horseradish. It burned all the way down. <laughs> but when you, when, you, when you put it with a, a prime rib, the praise and worship, it was very tasty, and uh, you can <laughs> well it. said. I like it. Well said. <laughs> you need the whole package, is what you're saying. <laughs> that's right. That's just exactly don't piecemeal right. this thing. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, I've had a good upbringing. Uh, I received the Holy Ghost when I was 12. Got called uh, into ministry to preach the gospel when I was 13. Uh, been married to my wife for 40 years. And uh, we have two children who are now adults, Mariah, who's 23 and married, uh, Marcus, uh, who is 22 and still eating my food at my house. Uh, we got to do something so, about that. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. I, we can uh, run a plug course. for him if he wants to pay us a premium. <laughs> <laughs> we need him on the show. Pay you a premium for the premium content. That's huh? it. Yeah. There you go. But anyway, we, uh, we're happy. We're in Dallas. We're pastoring Solid Rock Church. Uh, we kind of uh, had to restart or replant the church back in January of 14 and uh, excited about what God is doing. But, you know, a little bit about my story is that even though I was a fifth-generation Pentecostal, uh, and in fact, today's, in today's world, people complain about going to church, you know, twice on Sunday and a Wednesday. Uh, back when I was raised with Brother Rome, we had church on Tuesday night. We had church again on Thursday night, and then we had Saturday night uh, youth service, and then Sunday morning and Sunday night, and you better be at all of them. Yeah. And so, uh, you know. Um, the good old even, days. The good old days, buddy. We lived at church. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, again, I'm, I'm kind of sidebarring here. My grandmother my mother's mother, she was a prayer warrior, uh, an altar worker, and didn't realize what she was doing. If you were a visitor at Whiteway Tabernacle and your your knees hit the floor and Mabel Burris came up behind you, you might as well speak in tongues because you're not getting up until you do. 
That's and awesome. she'd be there till two or three in the morning praying people through the Holy oh, Ghost. God. So, you know, that that's my heritage. That's sure. where I I am from and hold dear to it. In my office at the at the church, I have a panoramic picture of June 16, 1957, when Whiteway, my mother's church, my mom and dad's church, moved to their second location. They took a big uh, picture of the whole church out in front of the building to celebrate the new building. I have that hanging in my office to remind me where I'm from, to remind mm. me of my roots. Um, but even though saying all of that, of how I was raised and my heritage and the richness that I have, you know, my relationship with God, I was an extremely angry, angry kid, teenager, and even a young adult. Um, I was a uh, overweight kid, timid, bullied, made fun of constantly. And uh, it made me angry. And so uh, even as a young adult, I dated my wife. Uh, we got married. And in my uncontrolled anger, there was two things you did not do to me, hang up the phone or slam the door in my face. Now, I'm of an er, a German descent, you know, the kind of determined, hard-headed type, you know. <laughs> uh, my wife is Irish, you know, and there's okay. a reason they call them the fighting Irish. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, she can go to zero to 60 in, in two seconds. So where was this match made? Uh, <laughs> Bible college. <laughs> 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 yeah, she came to Gateway College of Evangelism in St. Louis and attended New Life, Brother Rome's church. And we actually was introduced um, by a mutual friend from Bible College. So that's, wow. that's where that match came. She told me when we got married, look, if I get upset, leave me alone. Let me cool off. We'll talk about it because we made a promise to each other that we will never go to bed angry with each other. And so in my young years, you know, we need to resolve this. So for the first 10 years of our marriage, I'm chasing her around the house saying, sit down, we've got to fix this. And she's like, leave me alone. Let me cool off. We'll talk about it later, you know, and uh, hilarious. The finally the day I, I realized, okay, I need to leave her alone. I did. And then she come back. She goes, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? And she said, why aren't you coming after me trying to resolve that? You've told me for 10 years to leave you alone, let you cool off. So I'm leaving you alone. Now I'm in trouble for doing that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Randy you know, Gary that's like the, uh, I don't know if you heard the comedian that said that that was the agreement that him and his wife had made. That they would never go to bed with unresolved issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh. He said the, the longest stretch was 11 days without sleep. <laughs> there, buddy. Uh, Randy, are you married? Yes, sir. Okay. So everybody around. We're, we're good. Eric, are you married? Yeah. Okay. So we all, we all understand each other here. We do. Co-host Derek and I are married into the same family. Who, who what now? Me and co-host Derek are married into the same family. Ooh, that's right. Wow. So we don't like to easy talk about that. Just go easy. You know, no, uh, not the family that yeah. me, that in, me and Derek book, are related. <laughs> yeah. In the book and control the beast, I talk about, you know, gang, uh, mindsets about ganging up on people. You might, you guys might want to, you know, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just joking there. But anyway, great. Uh, going back to the story, when when my wife and I got married, first, first, I mean, we were fresh married, like months into the marriage. We had our first marital discussion. And, uh, <laughs> uh, of course, you know, she, she got upset. And the thing was, at the time, I was a youth pastor. And we were living in an apartment upstairs in the church. And um, off the apartment was the sound room, you know, like a bird's nest upstairs in the sound room. When she got upset and we were having this discussion, she headed for that sound room. And not only did she slam the door in my face, she locked it and sent me into outer space because I was still dealing with this uncontrolled anger. So when I went into that rage, I put my fist through the door and unlocked it and went in and finished the conversation. Now, for the record, because I know I'm, uh, a lot of people are listening to this, <laughs> I have never, ever laid a hand on my wife, never in any way, shape, or form. I'd punch a wall or I'd punch a door or something like that. And so... Um, you know, for, for an angry person, once they yell, scream, and get it over with, uh, the next day, it's just another day. It's over. That was yesterday. No big deal. Sure. Yep. And so that was at the time. Now, folks, this was 40 years ago, mm-hmm. before anger management classes existed, before books or material was ever printed. Sure. You know, there was really virtually nothing out there about how can I deal with this? So the next morning, my wife, who is my first love, uh, when I met her, when I met the first time I met her, now, uh, this is a story for another time. She's five years older than me. She was 20 when I met her. Oh. <laughs> I was 15. Wow. I still have stood 6'2 since I was 12. Okay. Are you, are you, are you uh, know where I'm going? Okay, yes. <laughs> she had no idea that I was 15. Sure. <laughs> and when she said, how old are you? I said, I'm old enough, no better, young enough not to care. Boom, passed it by. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> didn't lie to her. Just didn't answer the question. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, <clears throat> so when, <clears throat> when, um, and again, that's a, that's another story for another time, but 40, I've never laid a hand on my wife, never, never, and I wouldn't even think about it. I love her too much. But the next morning after that incident of me putting my fist through that door and unlocking it and finishing the conversation at a high volume, uh, she looked at me at breakfast and she said, Ed, I'm sorry, I don't think I can do this. And I'm like, do what? What are you talking about? This marriage. I'm like, honey, what are you, what are you saying? last night you put your fist through that door and, and, and you've scared me. I don't know if I can live a life like this. And of course that shook me to my bones Mm. and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll get help. I don't know how or where, but I'll get help. If you'll work with me, I'll, I'll, I'll fix this. I made that pledge to her. Now, again, this is 40 years ago. It's nothing like we have today. Sure. 
So I went to my pastor and I said, look, I need to talk to you. I've got an anger issue. I I need help. And again, this is no discredit to the pastor, no discredit to the power of prayer, because prayer, I believe in prayer and prayer changes things. But uh, he said, son, just get in the altar and get a good praying through and you'll be fine. So I went in the altar and I got a good praying through. And a few days later, I got mad again. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's some things that we've just got to talk through. Mm-hmm. Pray, yes, absolutely cover it with prayer. But some, I needed somebody to talk to because what I realized is I had issues sure. that I didn't even realize I had. And I needed it fixed. I needed to talk to somebody about sure. it, not only in prayer, but to somebody. Right. And so really my journey to, to, and you don't get rid of anger. You you cannot get rid of anger because anger is an emotion just like love and joy and happiness and all those other emotions we feel. You have to learn how to manage that anger, how to reverse it, how to change it. Uh, That's that's a lot like, um, that's a lot like, Say lust, then. Sure. You know, you're you're you don't get rid of that. You do not. You learn. Marriage doesn't fix it. Yeah. You know, I've I've had that discussion many times. Um, if if speaking to someone about the dangers of pornography or anything like that. Yeah. Marriage isn't going to fix that drive within you. You learn to control that. Yes, that, that's a, that's a God given urge. Absolutely. So that Absolutely. that's interesting. I've never viewed anger from that same lens, but that's good. You don't get rid of it. You just learn to control it. You learn to control it, manage it, and, and you can harness anger and make it turn around to be a positive. It's identified as a very negative emotion, but you can turn that thing around and make it positive. Um. A lady in Los Angeles named Candy, uh, her her uh, 13-year-old daughter at the time asked to go out to a friend's house just a couple of blocks away in suburban L.A., not, not in Compton, but in suburban L.A., really nice area, very nice homes, all that good stuff. Two or three hours later, LAPD shows up at her house to tell her that her daughter has been hit by a drunken driver is dead. She's literally walking down the sidewalk in her suburban LA neighborhood and a drunk driving through cutting shortcutting through the neighborhood swerved, hit her on the sidewalk and killed her. God, that lady was extremely angry because the man was caught, arrested and got 30 days in jail for that. Wow. Wow. So you had, you just had, you, you guys just had an emotional reaction to that story that would probably tickle uh, um, an emotion of being upset about that. Or or if you think long enough, it's going to make you angry just because you heard her story. How much more does she feel? She'll never see her daughter again. And so this lady was named Candy and she formed out of her anger she she turned it around instead of allowing anger to make her bitter 
and anger to lose her marriage and everything else around her because she's angry and even bitter because some dude hit her daughter, killed her, and only got 30 days in jail. She formed a nonprofit called MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. Wow. And has literally changed the world in that area and, and, and got states to create law, tougher laws for drunken driving. So she allowed her anger to turn around and, and propel her into a positive direction. Powerful. That, so she harnessed it. She harnessed it. She don't, not only managed it, but she harnessed it to make it go a good direction. Wow. So that's, that's one of the things. Now, another thing that I want to establish here today in our discussion is anger, anger is always a secondary emotion. There's always a primary. Loneliness, mm. depression, anxiety, fear. And the big culprit, or uh, the big kahuna is frustration. When we are frustrated about this and about that, we get frustrated because this didn't work out, or we got a layoff on our job, uh, or our kids are acting up, or whatever. When you don't take care of frustration, when you don't learn how to manage your stress, that escalates. And then we become angry. Now we're shouting, screaming, punching holes in walls, throwing things or whatever. If we don't manage the anger, it goes into rage. And then rage goes to another category called blind rage. And that's where it's very dangerous. In, in one of my, in one of my classes, I've, I've done this for probation and parole and court services. And I've done Lunch and learns for chambers. A Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company contracted me to help their employees that gets fights, get in fights on the floor to manage their anger and all of that. One one client that I had in this uh, got angry and literally ripped the the cabinets off his mother's kitchen wall. He did wow. like five thousand dollars worth of damage and completely denied it. I did not do that. I mean, they all stood there and watched him do it. That's blind rage. Blind rage hmm. is when someone goes into a rage and does damage and wow. can't remember wow. them doing it. So there are several levels, and that's what we need to understand is is there's levels to this that sure. if we don't, again, if we don't get it at, at stress and frustration, the primaries, it goes to a secondary, which is anger, goes to a third, which is rage, can go, can go to a fourth, which is blind rage. So what we deal with is not just some, oh, well, I got a little upset, my bad. You know, I, I taught my kids, don't ever say my bad to me when, you, when you've done something wrong and you're apologizing because that's not an apology. Ooh, right. My bad. Yeah. You know. <laughs> right. It's oh, not, that's hardly ownership. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so <clears throat> what I want to share with you today is – Starting out with, we've got to have, and in the book, I've got several chapters, and it's more than just anger management. It's emotional intelligence, so like the power of understanding. Then we understand how emotions work through the biology uh, and the mechanics of emotions. We talk about relationships. Anger always hurts the one that we shouldn't hurt at all. Why? Because we feel safe with that person. We know we can get angry with that person, and they will eventually be okay. But the deception is they won't because after months, maybe years of of that abuse, they will start backing off. Right. And so that's a deception of that. Uh, We also talk about rebuilding self-esteem. 
Uh, can can I ask? About, can yeah. I ask you a question that pertains to that? Um, that last category. So, you hurt those that are the closest to you. Those that you really, that you really shouldn't, because you have bought the deception that they'll always just get over it. And you you would never act that way in public, never. But in an in, in the intimacy of your private life, um, you will. So a, a question that I have, and, and I've often pondered this, is how how do you bring that individual that is wrestling with that to the understanding that he or she is wrestling with that, if they don't see it as such. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It, it, Pastor McCullen, if I had a $20 bill throughout the whole, all these years yeah. of people saying, I don't have an anger problem. I've just got to come and talk to you. The judge ordered me. I can build me and you both a really nice house and pay cash <laughs> for both of them <laughs> because nobody wants to admit they've got an anger issue. They've got to see it. And so when, when I get somebody into a, our program, uh, and, and I've, I teach, I teach this stuff, 12 lessons to people that, uh, have anger issues. It's about the third lesson, especially when we go through the power of understanding, uh, the environment that we live in, you know, we are products of our environment, whatever right. environment we put ourselves in, that's what we will become like it or not. Um, and then we, we usually about about understanding emotions, the mechanics and the biology of emotions. Then they'll say, you know what, I, I do have an anger issue. And of course, in a short term, like you and I, when we're dealing in our offices as pastors, of course, we're we have to quickly get them to realize this is not cool what yeah. you're doing. Right. You know, this this is an issue that's interrupting not only your relationship with your family, it is, re- it is interrupting your relationship with your God, right? Your, your, your relationship with God is being interrupted because what you're doing, you know, the Bible says to be angry, it's sure. okay to be angry, right? but sin not. Right. So when sin gets involved with anger, we've got a real problem. I mean, Jesus himself was angry. He drove the money changers out of the temple, right? You know, and again, that's that's where I see it as turning anger into a positive. He cleaned up the temple of a bunch of crooks because he was angry that they're defiling the house of prayer. Exactly. So anger and sin. Um, and and again, I'm not wanting to derail this because this is this is all so good. But what what about what about the account? So mixing sin with anger is an issue. Yeah. But what, what about the account in Genesis 49 where, where Jacob is speaking to his two sons and says that in their anger, they slew a man and in their self will, they digged down a wall. Mm -hmm. Is that another level of two elements that, that are, are, are volatile to allow them to mix? Absolutely. Absolutely. And their anger drove them to take a man's life right, and to do something against God's will 
and for their own will. Wow. So in modern day, you know, we, we get angry and we start cussing or taking the name of the Lord in vain because mm-hmm. we're out of control. And, and of course, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. The Bible also says, whatsoever man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I talk about that in the book, how that sometimes we, somebody will say something and say, man, pastor, that's, that's, that's some kind of, of sport coat you got on. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. What did he mean by some kind of sport coat? <laughs> did he not like the sport right. coat that <laughs> I have on? Exactly. Did, did he have a problem with my sport coat? Well, I wish he'd take a look in the mirror and look at his face, yeah. you know? So our, the human mind has an, a tremendous ability to create something that never existed. And the wow. longer we think about this, now this is a part of, uh, of the, the, the mechanics of emotion. The longer we think about that, it now becomes an emotion. We start feeling offended. We think that person insulted us or did some kind of underhand uh, stab right. at us about that sport coat. Right. So now we start having feelings against that person because we think they were insulting us. And then three weeks later, I see you again and say, man, that's some kind of tie. Uh, let me tell you about my tie. Okay. Yeah. It matches the sport coat and, and you go off on me because you've in your mind you've created a scenario that really never existed uh, but you thought about it long enough that it became an emotion and out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks right so if you really want to know what somebody's thinking hang around a little while cuz it will come out of their they mouth they will right. tell you <laughs> exactly like it or not or whether they want to or not they're going to hit an emotional peak where they're going to voice what they think or what they wow. feel Oh, that's so good. So that's why it's so important for us to talk about this stuff. If you would have said, well, brother, what do you mean about my sport coat? Oh, man, I like it. It's the, And I can expound on right. my comment right. and give you understanding of what I said. Which comes back to the, to the majority of our issues, mm. our communication issues. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, we've Lack said that a lot, right? Yeah. What's that? We've said that a lot, just talking on the podcast in different episodes where the majority of things, if people would just sit down and talk about it, it would resolve itself. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And of of course, I I don't know about Canada, but here in the U.S., the number one cause of divorce is a lack of communication. Wow. And the number two is finance and usually tied to the lack of communication about finance. Yeah, absolutely. That's the roots. And again, in in the book, I talk about that as well, is that we, you know, if you've got a problem with cussing or you got a problem with anger and and talking, you know, loud and always responding in a negative way, you, you know, okay, I'll I'll stop cussing or I'll stop yelling. You you can't fix it at the mouth. You've uh, got to go to the root of the that's problem. That's symptomatic. Right. Right. So this is just a result mm. or a symptom of the real issue down here in the heart and in the mind. Mm. For, uh, for example, when, when we, you know, a mushroom 
you know, you, you got those annoying things in your yard. And so we mow them over or we take our foot and kick them and break them off. Problem solved. No, sir. It's a fungus. Right. And, and it, it, the roots are like hair and it's annoying. And so you've got to get rid of the root before you get rid of the mushroom. You know, my grandmother uh, used to, cl- her yard was like pristine, no dandelions. And she didn't use chemicals. She used an old steak knife that she would go down out there and cut out the root of the dandelion. Dandelions didn't exist in her yard because she got rid of the root of the dandelion. Wow. So when we look at anger, when we look at issues in our life, we can't just stop yelling or stop cussing or whatever we do. We got to dig down to the root and find out what caused that problem. Right. For me, it was my self-esteem. For me, I was bullied, you know, my entire school life, uh, picked on, uh, hit, you know, punched and all that stuff because I was an overweight, timid kid. And I didn't say nothing. I bottled it up. I just thought, you know, well, okay, I guess I deserve that. And I developed a serious anger issue. And honestly, in you know, it was trial and error that Gail and I worked through throughout our marriage. And then when books started coming out, I read them, I digest them. Uh, I went to college and studied psychology. Uh, I, I did every, I mean, I did everything I can. I got certified in anger management. Once I got my anger managed and, and realized all of that, then I started with my learning and my experience, I need to give back. So I started teaching this stuff, getting certified in anger management and now we've wrote a book and pretty soon we're going to lay down on video a online course that people can buy into and get some of this instruction. So I want to give back and help people that, you know, little kids, overweight kids that were bullied all their school life and can't figure out why they're so angry. We've got to get That's to the root. That's so good. And, and that helps. You know, let me, let me touch on that. Um, how do we fix that? How do we discover that? Well, you've got to work backwards. So first you take the action. Okay. The screen, the punch. Okay. What caused them to punch that person in anger? Well, they said mashed potatoes. Okay. What's the emotional tie to mashed potatoes? Well, my mother made me eat mashed potatoes every day out of a box. And so, and I'm, that's ridiculous, but I'm, I'm just using that because I don't want to pinpoint, but anyway, so. No, but really, and I'm, and I'm sure as you've helped people, you've uncovered it's pretty roots stupid, that yeah. are about that ridiculous. Yeah, it can be that simple. Yeah, yeah you're right. And, and yeah, also, to them, it's I, not. Heard, what's that? <laughs> to them, it's not. No, it's very real to them. Right. It, it's very powerful to them. Right. Because it hurt them. Right. And so the, what is the emotional tie to mashed potatoes? Once we discover that, then we go back to the incident, to ground zero, where that happened. That's where it's got to be dealt with. Wow. I've got research where, you know, drug and alcohol addiction, uh, rehab centers. You know, have you ever noticed we can throw somebody in rehab? They're there for like 90 days. They get clean and sober, and they're all excited. Uh, I'd have to go back in my, in my files and, and look up the exact number, but let's say a good portion of them get out 
And in under six months, they're back on the bottle or they're back on the drug. Mm-hmm. You ever wonder why? Mm-hmm. Because they're only fixing the symptom. Right. And research has told us that the drug addiction and the uh, alcohol addiction is directly tied to an anger issue or a, well, a stressful issue that turned into an anger issue. They can't deal with the pressure of that emotional thing that they need a holiday. They need a a vacation. So they go get high or they go get drunk because they can't stand any more of the pressure. Right. That's their escape mechanism. Exactly. So when you go back and fix the issue, the anger issue, What's causing them so much stress in their life that's making them angry, that's making them, I can't take this no more, I'm going to go get drunk. Mm -hmm. So we go back to that and fix that. When you fix that, they no longer need the escape mechanism. Therefore, they can fix. Now, Pastor, let me clarify. None of this happens unless we have some good Jesus in our life. Oh, for sure. You know, I don't I don't want to negate the fact that our relationship with God is extremely important. We need to stay in prayer. We need to stay in our Bibles. We need to stay in church and get the preaching and the teaching because all of that undergirds what we are trying to do and control the beast. Absolutely. But so, really what, what you're saying then, and I'm sure you've heard the the cliche hurt people hurt people. Absolutely. Yeah. That is a that is a stark reality. Hurting people hurt people. And that goes back to we always hurt the ones we shouldn't hurt at all. Right. Because we feel safe in hurting them because they're they love us. They're that's my wife, that's my husband, that's my dad, that's my mom, that's my aunt. They they love me. So therefore I can be myself and they won't reject me. Right. But don't count on it. Right. And and as you've said. Uh, the Holy Ghost can fix it. Can fix anything, absolutely. But it doesn't. And the Holy Ghost can reveal to us mm-hmm. what needs to be revealed, so we can fix it. Exactly. So that's what that's what I've always tried to teach, even in in a discipleship setting. The Holy Ghost can take care of anything. God can do anything, but mm-hmm. He doesn't do everything. Right. Let's you do it. So there's <laughs> always the aspect of roll away the stone. Yeah. Yeah. There's my always preached that. me all my life. God helps those who help themselves. Yep. Yeah. Which is faith without works is dead. Right. Right. So you got to put some work into it. Exactly. Mingled with your faith and God can heal you. Right. Absolutely. One of the things that, that we have to realize in starting our journey is the power of understanding. The Bible speaks of, of the root word understand over 300 times. Mm-hmm. So when somebody says something 300 times, it's important to them. So therefore, if God mentions 300 times the word, the root word of understand, obviously it's important for us to get what God is saying. Sure, absolutely. And we touched on this earlier about talking this through. You know, we need to talk it through. What what are we doing? We're obtaining understanding of the situation. Mm. The why, when we understand the why, the how, the where, it helps us deal with people that are hard to deal with. It also helps us deal ourselves 
and understand, we understand where that person's coming from. Mm-hmm. My father, <clears throat> my father was a great man. Uh, he was um, hardcore, but yet very loving. My father was raised, by, of course, by my grandfather and grandmother. My grandfather was a violent drunk. He was extremely angry, but very quiet when he wasn't drinking. When he got drunk, the anger came out. He literally dragged my grandmother across the floor by the hair of her head, not by an arm and her hair, literally a handful of hair dragging her across the floor and beat the living daylights out of her regularly. My father was born stone deaf through a lot of prayer and a surgery. He got a little hearing in one ear. Um, He was one of eight children, had to quit school at third grade to go to work on the farm to help his siblings manage the farm. Uh, my grandfather, my, my dad would tell me this story. He'd come home at two or three in the morning after being at the bar and drunk and angry. And he would snatch my dad out of bed, take him to the backyard, tie him to a tree and horsewhip him because he couldn't keep up with everybody else. He was a step behind everybody else because he couldn't hear what they were saying. He was looking. And if they headed that way, then he would head that way. And that angered my grandfather. So that's the environment that my father grew up in. Mm. If it wasn't for my mother winning him to the Lord and working with him, he would be another one of my grandfather because that's the environment that he grew up in. Right. My father had had a struggle to say, I love you. It wasn't until his 70s that when he was in his seventies that I actually heard him say, son, I love you, son. I'm proud of you. I knew he did. I did. Once, once I understood where my father came from, Mm -hmm. his sternness, you know, his get up and go to, I mean, he was a workaholic. I'm a workaholic. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like some days saying my name is Ed Snyder and I'm a workaholic. You know, (laughs) it's what I know. It's the environment that I grew up in. So, uh, you know, other people struggled with my dad because they didn't understand where he came from and the environment that he came from. My dad told me he loved me because he'd say, son, you're getting fat. You need to lose weight. You got your bills paid. You know, what's the tires look like on your car? Are they okay? He was a tire man all of his life. You know, Mm -hmm. he would worry about you. And when he'd tell me that stuff, once I understood where he was coming from, I'm like, dad, I love you too. Right. That's the way he expressed love. You just got to dig for it, but it's there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So once I understood my dad, I got along with him great. What he would say that was hurtful didn't hurt because, again. You heard what he was meaning, not what he was saying. Exactly. So, you know, when... (laughs) When he'd say, son, you know, I mean, let me walk up to anybody and say, boy, you're getting fat. You need to lose weight. That's not going to be received well. No. No. I mean, especially if I tell Derek that, you know. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> it's the camera. The cameras make me look big. Yeah. The camera adds 20 pounds. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, again, once we understand the who, the why, the how, where they're from, it helps us deal with them a lot better. Sure. We're not getting angry or hurt because we understand them. Right. So Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 5 says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. 
So again, God wants us to get to the point where we need to understand what's going around us, understand who we're working with, understand the why people do what they do so that we can help ourselves and help others yes, become absolutely. better. You know, again, human beings are unique creatures. You know, we're built, uh, we're built by uh, DNA. We're built by the law of genetics, our hair color, our skin tone, the color of our eyes, our shape. You know, I'm, I'm the tallest one in my family. Now we're all a little heavy because I've got a grandmother and my mother had no idea how to cook for four people. She cooked for a camp meeting. I mean, it just <laughs> food was everywhere. And so, um, but I'm the tallest one in my family <clears throat> and everybody for years wondered, you know, where did he get his height? Because everybody else is, you know, five, 10, five, 11. I'm, you know, at the time I was six, two. Now as age comes, you know, it, it, you know, the Compress it down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Gravity pulls it down. Yeah. I'm at six foot now. But uh, finally, one day, my dad out of the clear blue, who didn't talk much about his father, says, you look just like my dad. And everybody like froze because he said something about his father. Hmm. So I realized that through the law of genetics, I took my father's physical or my grandfather's physical characteristics. Wow. Emotionally, <clears throat> it's really the same way. We inherit emotional characteristics. Sure, I believe that from our family. Mm, sure, likes, dislikes, you know, uh, the ability to trust or not trust. Mm -hmm. Now, some of that is produced by our environment. You know, in classes, I'll ask, "You're a product of your environment." True or false? Most of the time, I get a, a true, but sometimes, nope, ha uh, uh You know, and they go, "Your mind has got to be strong." <sighs> yeah. Anyway. So yeah, it's true, but it has it. nothing to do with the other question. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I've, uh, I've witnessed that with, um, we, we adopted our son and he comes, he, he comes from, uh, he's, he's originally from Belize and we were told that they are not as expressive with emotions. And I can remember I can remember watching him zinging around. He's 13 years of age now, but but uh, as a younger child, going, I thank God he's not emotional, because if he was emotional, because <laughs> wow. our family is very expressive. Oh, cool! And so the atmosphere of his upbringing dictated to that, and and he mirrors it. <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely. Again, environmental. Yeah, you, you've heard it. I'm sure uh, anybody in leadership for any time at all. And I guess John Maxwell made this quote possible, but I don't think it's an original from John Maxwell. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Oh, yes. Mm. And that is an extremely, extremely true statement. Have you heard 10% what happens and 90% how you react to it? Have, have you and, heard what, uh, Larry Booker preaches on E plus R equals O. No, but it sounds like I need to. Yeah, oh. you need to go look that up. <laughs> oh, on YouTube. Uh, I'm not sure, but we can check it out. If if, if I find sure. it, I'll send you a link. Holy e Ghost Radio would have it. Holy Ghost Radio probably has it. E plus okay. R equals O. Event e plus R equals O. 
Event plus response equals outcome. It's explosive. I'm definitely going there to listen to that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, buddy. You yeah. know, Larry Booker, if if he keeps studying and practicing, he might be able I've to said communicate that. stuff. I've you know? said that. I, I would second that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, Brother Booker, if you're listening to this, you owe us a podcast. That's right. We've been waiting yeah, a year. Buddy. So absolutely. Maybe we can talk about E plus R equals O. (laughs) There you have it. There you have it. So what, what are emotions? And again, when I ask that in class, we get, you know, it's the way we feel. It's true. It is the way we feel, but also emotions technically are the psychological vehicle by which we communicate and interrelate. So when you think about emotions, it's not just how we feel, it's how we're communicating. Mm -hmm. Emotions usually shows on your face before they show out your mouth. Mm -hmm. We can understand, and you're a pastor of many years, you're going to get what I'm talking about. We can look at somebody and pretty much call what mood they're in. For sure. Or what state of mind they're in, because we're reading their body language. Right. So when somebody is upset, you know, they're going to get a stern look. uh, Like, for, for example, my daughter who is adopted. We adopted her when she was six months old. Awesome. She's 23 now. My son had to have some surgery on a broken wrist. And so we're in the lobby of the hospital during the pandemic. And of course, face masks are required. And we're waiting in the lobby uh, while he's in surgery. And um, uh, <laughs> we, we got coffee. We got some Starbucks. So we unhooked one side of our mask and we were sipping coffee. Well, this person in scrubs grabbed a face mask and handed it to my daughter and says, you need to be wearing this. And I'm like, okay, number one, that ain't none of your business. (laughs) And so my face narrowed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And my son emotionally later, my son-in-law told me later, he goes, yeah. When I looked over and saw that face narrow, I thought, Oh, yeah. So I'm like, sir, we're drinking coffee. It's hard to drink coffee through a mask. You understand? Yeah. It's right there beside her. I understand. And he walked away. You know, I did it nice, but I'm like, dude, mm. we're drinking coffee, man. Come on. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that, but, but the point is when, when Peter, my son-in-law saw my face narrow, he knew my mood. He knew my emotion. Right. I was not happy with that guy coming in and telling my daughter to put a mask on when she's got a coffee cup in her hand and getting ready to take a sip of it. Right. So right. little example there. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 10, 11, and 12 says, When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, and from the man that speaketh forward things. Mm. So the scripture is telling us we need the power of understanding. When For sure. entereth thine heart. The heart that, is the seat of emotions. That's part of the gospel, having the eyes of your understanding enlightened. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's it. That's it. And knowledge is pleasant. In other words, when people are able to come to us and say, look, I need to help you. Mm -hmm. I need to give you some knowledge. Mm -hmm. And whether it's about us 
how we handle something to way to manage our emotions is to come to the place where knowledge becomes pleasant. I need to know, I need to understand Mm. how to fix this. Mm. I wish to God there was material out 40 years ago when I was at the point of my marriage was in question because of my actions. Right. I wanted that knowledge. Right. And couldn't get to it. Right. And so when that comes, discretion shall preserve the understanding shall keep thee. When we understand the who, the what, the how, where everybody's coming from, it's going to it's going to enable us to keep our sanity and our salvation. Wow. So the power of understanding Proverbs chapter three and verse 13 is happy as the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Right. Getteth understand. So in other words, God's not just going to slap it in our head. We have to go get understanding. We have Mm. to seek understanding out. Understanding brings wisdom. And when we get some wisdom in us, then we're able to manage our emotions and keep them in check. It's encouraging Uh, to know, you know, if I'm sure there are people in the audience have struggled with this that there is there is a way out of it right there's not it's not something that you can't recover from uh, and it's a real thing it is i was thinking as you were talking uh pastor snyder about uh the story of cain and god looks at cain and he says cain why are you so wroth why are you angry mm-hmm. he try and he tries to help cain in the next sentence and he says don't you know if you do well like yep if you do something with that anger, like you just said earlier, if you do something mm. with that anger and mm-hmm. change what you're offering. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. This, this is a topic that doesn't always get the airtime that it deserves. Very true. And yeah. I think, I think partially, um, and, and I guess this, this is what's been resonating as we've been having this discussion in my spirit while we're talking about this is how can we get someone to admit? So somebody listening to this today that that has that vice, mm-hmm. you know, you, you mentioned about, I believe you said your wife's name was Gail. Yeah. How that you wished 40 years ago you had material like this. So so I think it's important that we create a culture within the church that allows for uh, these kind of conversations to take place and people to admit that they struggle with this without being thrown to the curb. I thought you had the Holy Ghost. There you have it. Right? There you have it. Um They've got to have a safe place. Yeah. And and how I, I wrote this down to ask you, and I know that you've got some information you want to talk about relationships, and we may just need to do another episode on those. Um, but I, I want to ask you this. Sp- speak, speak to the gales of our audience that maybe there's someone in that intimate space because this is always something as a pastor, as a shepherd that I, I, I don't have a problem with anger 
outbursts or these issues in the church house. But what about those gales that are dealing with this and processing this and trying to cope with this within their own home? Speak to them. How can they help in that situation? An angry person always feels threatened because most of the time their self-esteem is low. My self-esteem was in the gutter. I, I couldn't believe that I actually won this girl and found favor with this girl for her to say yes to me, to marry me. I, 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 I tell you, I married out of my league Mm -hmm. and my self-esteem was always worried. I'm going to lose her among on top. And of course that was caused by being bullied and beat up and all of that stuff all my life. My self-esteem was not where it should be in feeling confident in who I am. That's usually an angry person. They feel threatened by their environment. Okay. That's one thing. They need to have a safe place for them to say, okay, I've got an issue. When I have someone in a class, in a classroom setting, that's why it's two, maybe three sessions in before they say, you know what? I really do have an anger problem because they've been three hours with me hearing me teach this stuff in the beginning lessons and they, you know, and of course I chat with them afterwards, building a relationship with them. And that's where, sure. it's, where uh, an important part is that we have a good relationship sure. with them. Then they relax. They're bringing the wall down. They feel some trust towards you. They feel like, you know what, this person really does care. So now they're starting to feel the safe place where they can finally say, maybe I do have a problem and I need some help. Mm-hmm. For the gale out there, like my gale, she made me feel safe. I loved her. I cared about her. And when I realized what I did to her by frightening her to her bones, I did not want that. That's what, that's what got my attention, number one. And because she loved me and I knew it, and that she pledged to stick with me as long as I am helping myself, that made me feel safe. So to the gales out there, we have got to work toward allowing that person, understand them, number one. Mm-hmm. She understood me. She knows me better than anybody on, on planet Earth mm-hmm. outside of God himself. I mean, she knows my ups, my downs. She can look at me and tell me what's going on. She can hear it in my voice. Mm-hmm. So relationship is, is, is number two, the love, the relationship, and the feeling safe. Mm-hmm. They've got to feel safe to be able to say, okay, I'm going to expose my, myself to you. I'm going to expose my emotions to you. And, and that I, trust, I trusted her for, for me to be able to tell her what I'm really feeling. And when I messed up, we would talk about that. In the book, we talk about, you know, reconciliation and, and listening for the help and not for the rebuttal, active listening. That's good. So when, when to the gales out there, you've got to be an active listener, not, a, not listen to rebuttal, not listen to, well, if you would have done this, this would have turned out different. You need to active listen 
In other words, listen to what they're saying, what they're meaning. Sometimes you got to read between the lines to, to get what they're, where they're coming from. And mm-hmm. when you listen, when you use active listening to understand them and then come back and say, okay, I got it. I understand what you're saying. Now you may not be here. Here's the careful part. We can't endorse their behavior. We have to empathize with their feelings. So in other words, we are understanding where they're coming from, not that we're endorsing what they did, but we understand why they did it. And now we're going to go in and instead of criticizing them or put blame on them, we're going to help them try to overcome it. That's what she did for me is, well, why don't, why don't we try this? And she suggested this. And why don't you, why don't you just breathe, stand back and breathe. You don't have to react. Right. And, and when she said that to me, you know, 35, 40 years ago, while we were on this journey uh, to manage my anger on our own, breathing is really, really a good tactic. And I learned that as I began to study the subject when the material came out is, you know, a, a situation does not have to be dealt with at that moment. Yes. Oh, very true. yes. Just let it sit there. and <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, I believe it was uh, Elder Tommy Kraft that told my dad, I believe I'm ascribing that right, uh, as a young pastor, he said, never be afraid to give something time. Hmm. You never exactly. handle metal when it's hot. <laughs> oh, that, okay. Uh, in the that's next revision, good. that's going in the book. <laughs> never, <laughs> never handle metal when it's hot. Yes. That is, that is powerful. Yes. That is powerful. Yes. Absolutely. So, um, that that's my advice to the gales out there is have that relationship, create that environment of being safe and don't listen to rebuttal, active listening, listen to help them, listen to understand them. When, when I'm dealing with an angry person, one of the, one of the uh, keys in diffusing an angry person is empathy and maybe sympathy where, okay, let, let, now I know you're upset, but why are you upset? Tell, tell me the story and listen to their story. Listen to where they're coming from. Listen to why they are upset. Okay. Now let me, okay. I, I hear your story, but I want to make sure I got my head around this. Now you're upset because point one, point two, point three. is that, okay. I, I understand that. Now you have just caused them to lower the guard. Mm-hmm. Okay. The metal is cooling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. now they finally have found somebody. You get it. You you understand what I'm feeling. Yeah, I understand what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much lower that wall will go when they realize they've got somebody that actually understands what they're think thinking or feeling. And and again, that's not necessarily approval, is it? Correct. You're not. Excuse me. You're not endorsing. You're empathizing. You're understanding where they're coming from. Wow. And so many people just want to be listened to. Or, exactly. as, as you've said, understood. Yeah. They want to tell their story. And when they finally hear somebody that's actually listening to their story and understanding their story, now the wall comes down and they're going to give you permission to offer some advice to help them understand why this happened or maybe how to handle it a little better. So let's let's flip let's flip the script. 
and what does no no disrespect intended mm-hmm. at all but what what does an ed speak to speak to an ed that gail is trying to help break it down one more level for me so so she's there trying to create that space okay that safe space and you're in that moment is there anything that you could speak to to the eds of the world that that okay it's it's okay to trust her when she's reaching out like that yes let that wall down right right to the eds out there we we have to we have to open it up we have to get out on the limb we have to take a chance Okay. Now to the Ed's out there, you're going to say, Oh no, uh, uh-uh. I, I, I've, I've taken a chance too many times with mm-hmm. too many people mm-hmm. and end up getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And of course that could be where we're talking about nine levels of relationship on level nine is the toxic relationship. You may be in a toxic relationship that you, you just need to, you need to barrel that up, seal it and, and dispose of it. But when you don't have a toxic relationship and you got somebody that you know, loves you, Mm-hmm. That's where you have, you, I had to trust her. I had to step out and say, okay, Kale, I need you to help me. I had to ask for it. I had to say, okay, mm-hmm. what do I do? How do I handle this? That's the Ed's out there. Mm-hmm. Somebody tell me, and, and it may not be as simple as Ed saying, Gail, can you help me with this? The question may come in a rant, you know, yeah, this is you know all this stuff, right? But it's still an appeal. It's still an appeal because I'm expressing the Ed is expressing the emotion to Gail, and the and the Gales are receiving and and grabbing some understanding of why Ed is feeling this way. So it really, we really have to take a chance on trusting the Gales to be able to express. And when they respond properly, that's what, that's where Ed will let the wall down and say, okay, tell me. What oh, that's so good, man. Tell me, tell me how to handle this. You know, I, I do this and it's kind of crazy. And some pastors may not like, are you out of your mind? When I get a couple in my office, that's having some issues, I will poke the bear. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will say something that's going to cause them to talk. And then I'm going to sit there and watch the tennis match for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to go at it each other. And, and what I'm doing is I'm not trying to cause a fight. I'm looking for the emotion. I'm looking for the hurt. I'm looking for the root. Mm-hmm. Cause they're going to say something that's going to say, there it is right mm-hmm. there. I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm practicing active listening in their disagreement to one another. And then I'll bring it. I say, okay, all right. Now I've let you guys run with your emotions mm-hmm. to hear what you've got to say to each other. Cause out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now I'm going to go after your thinking. And then I'm going to start because, and I always explain, explain, listen, uh, in this, in this session today, I need you to understand something. I am the one on the outside of the emotional arena. Okay. You two are directly tied in by emotion. I'm on the outside. So therefore I'm able to look inside this arena and be able to see what's going on with the emotions because I'm not tied to it. All Mm. right. 
when I see an emotion that needs addressed, I'm going to stop you and we'll address that. Mm-hmm. So that, and then that's when I let them run. I just say, okay, and I'll poke the bear and get the conversation started. And I'm watching, I'm looking inside the arena at the emotions that are bouncing around and seeing the issues, seeing the roots, because they're going to dig uh, down. They're going to expose it. Happens every well, time. Man, this has been so good. Are we out of time? Our time is like run. But this is okay. We're just going to do another one. Bro, we're just getting started, baby. Yeah. We will do another one. This has been great. All right. This, this has, has been, been. If you're listening today, you've definitely learned something. Oh. So good. I hope. Yeah, because I would like to address your audience in, in talking about cleaning up your environment. Six triggers that are common to trigger emotions, anger, and then the nine levels of relationship. All right. Let's do it. We we will get you back to talk about it. Look, you've got more coffee for the show, I can tell. This guy He's, came prepared. <laughs> every morning, baby. Every morning. Right here. Just keep pouring it. I had to go get a t- I had to go get a test yesterday. Uh I had open heart surgery in sixteen. Oh uh, wow. No heart attacks, no disease. I was born without a main artery in my heart. Oh. And, yeah, it was just a miracle. I thought you was fixing to tell us you was born without a heart. <laughs> no, I had the heart, just didn't have one of the pipes going to it, you know. And so they they pull me in at once while I'm do do a nuclear stress test. So I went in yesterday morning for the stress test, and I'm like, they're like, okay, now, Mr. Snyder, you didn't have any coffee today, right? I'm like, are you out of your mind? Of course I had coffee. I'm a coffee freak. <laughs> and so they said, how much coffee have you had? I said, a pot. So we're rescheduled for next week <laughs> with a little clear instruction. Yeah. In fact, I teased, I said, oh, oh, wait a minute. You know what? That was yesterday morning. I had that coffee. Yeah. They gave me the look and I'm smiling. So yeah. anyway, yeah, I'm a bit of a coffee freak. Wow. Well, man, today has been so, so revelatory and, um, if, if you want to know more about Pastor Snyder, truenorthdfw.org. You can check out their website. He has a podcast, True North Podcast with Pastor Snyder. And I believe the book is dropping the 25th of March, Control the Beast, A Guide to Managing Your Emotions. Yep. They've got something up there, a little description. I think they put the table of contents of each chapter, what it's about uh, on the website now. And on the 25th, we'll have the portal there where they can purchase. Awesome.